I don't speak Japanese. Man, welcome to the third episode of Like a Man. I'm your host, Miles Nilsson. On today's episode, I was joined by my good friend, Andrew Latham, and we discuss manly things that come from Japan. So listen, enjoy, and let's start. Me and Andrew lived in Japan, and ever since, we've also kept up on Japanese culture. Andrew was a tour guide for some Japanese tourists across the Western United States. I also had a lot of my career experience in Japan, so we thought we would do a show on manly Japan, the manliest things that come from Japan. We made a list, and we're going to talk about each of these things. And then at the end, Andrew is going to give us some honorable mentions. Right. So let's start with the first one on the list, sushi. Yeah. Now, a lot of people, you know, it's important that we look at objects and things and and look at their attributes and see if they're manly or not. That's part of the journey because then we can learn to do those hobbies or consume those things that will help us become manly. And sushi is one of them because eating raw stuff is manly. Number one. That's right. Number two, some sushi can kill you. Part of being a man is calculated risk and adventure. Flirting with danger. That's it's exactly right. And, you know, we're not talking about California rolls. Some of you folks may be thinking, oh, you know, fake crab and cucumbers. That's not scary. But we're not talking about that. We're talking about crab brains and fish testicles and fugu, you know, the blowfish that will kill you. That's what we're talking about when we talk about sushi, you know, and there's a there's a craftsmanship to sushi and mastering your craft, you know, becoming a master of yourself is a manly thing. So, you know, sushi is. Uh, although unsuspecting, almost as manly as a steak, dare I say. Almost. Almost. Not there, but almost. So do you want to hear something I learned this week actually about eating raw meat? Tell me. There is this guy I was listening to, and he was saying he was reading up on those people who would go explore the Arctic. Mm-hmm. And something that I've, I've always seen in my own research is they always get scurvy when they would go up all these European explorers. Right. And one of the guys was like, well, how is it these natives up here in the Arctic don't get scurvy? And he went into one of their huts and they were eating raw meat. And because the raw meat has vitamin C in it. And when you cook it, that vitamin C goes away. I was like, how, how can they live up there and not get scurvy and, you know, and not have fruits and vegetables but the yeah. natives can, and that's how they, and it has all the vitamins and minerals and stuff in it that stays in it. Yeah. But sushi, sushi is manly. And so, and scurvy is not. Scurvy is not sushi is I'm with you. I think sushi's on the list. Yeah. Eating, eating that. Let's move on to the next one you have on the list. I'll let you kick that one off too. You know what? Something really cool in Japan that I wish we had here in the States a little more is capsule hotels. Let me tell you why capsule hotels are manly. First off, let me tell you what they are. It's like a bunkhouse, I guess. It's like a little, it's like a big hotel, but instead of rooms, you get a little capsule. It's like a bed and a TV. And it's, I don't know, four feet wide by seven feet, seven feet, eight feet long. 
And it was started because Tokyo businessmen, they'd work so hard and so late, they'd miss the last train. So they'd need somewhere to stay for the night. But they're like, I don't need a whole room. I just need somewhere to lay down. So capsule hotels. I'm going to go on a veering topic here. So my first time in Tokyo, I was staying overnight and I woke up the next morning and there were people laying all over the street, like sleeping. And it looked like a zombie apocalypse type thing. I was shocked. And it was in Shinjuku, which is like one of the party districts. Right. They didn't even need beds. They just slept on the sidewalk. I'm not sure I could fall asleep on a park bench and be cool with that. No. But, you know, part of the capsule hotel before we move on to the next one is it's very, it's a very man thing, right? I don't, don't, I don't need a couch. I don't need a nightstand. I don't need a doily. Give me a bed and a TV and leave me alone and charge me 15 bucks for it. And I'll be out of here at 6 a.m. The sheets will be off and I'll be on my way. I don't mean to disparage the ladies and I won't because that's not manly. But uh, I don't think that the capsule hotel, you know, the ladies, they uh, they turn a, a house into a home. And uh, guys, you know, if, 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 if there were no women in the world, you know, we would be living in concrete boxes with a big screen TV and a recliner. So it's like uh, I saw a meme like that where the guy was like in this huge house and all he had was a lawn chair in front of a big screen TV and his yeah. Xbox. <laughs> and, and it's like, and most guys would be like, I don't understand what the problem with this. <laughs> yeah. Oh, anyway, you want me to take this next one or do you want to take it? I want you to take this next one. Okay. This one, a lot of people think the manliest cars are trucks or actually the manliest car of all time is a tank. And there's no room for discussion for that. No, no debate. No, but a lot of great cars have come out of Japan, the Toyota Supra, the Nissan Skyline GTR, and the Datsun Fairlady Z. Now, let me tell you why those are manly cars. Number one, they only have six cylinders. They're not V8s. They're not 10 cylinders. They're not even W12s. The Japanese were so good and perfected their craft that they could scoop out every little itty bitty horsepower out of these inline six engines. And to this day, the Toyota Supra Mark IV, the Nissan Skyline GTR R34 are infamous for their ability to be tuned to over a thousand horsepower for those engines. And the Japanese are dedicated to their craft. And number one, cars are manly. Cars are manly. Number two, efficiency is manly. And number three, cool names is manly. Supra. I don't even know what a Supra is, but I... I hear it and I go, that's cool. They won on the truck naming. Yes. And then I don't even know what Chevy names are. Silverado. I guess Silverado. Silverado is okay. F-150, that's okay. But Toyota Tundra, Toyota Tacoma, they won on the name game. Yeah. Like minivans are always named after like weird places in the Southwest, like the Sedona. My wife and I drive a Toyota Sienna. Sienna's got to be a Southwest thing. It's got to be. Sounds like it. Pull that up and confirm it. It's a city in Italy. Oh, yeah. But Italy is south of Germany, so it so, still counts. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move on to another one here, another topic from Japan that I kind of want to get into a little bit deeper. Yeah. This is something I'm, I've been asked to do, by the way. On this, on this one. So, yeah. so sumo wrestling. 
Mm-hmm. You've, you've been asked to do sumo. Well, I was in a Saikawa. Uh, for those of you who are not familiar with Japan, which is probably most of you, a Saikawa is a small city in the middle of the island, the northern island of Hokkaido, and it's pretty rural. And I, we were visiting some friends, and the husband was taken back by my size. And he made me get on the scale because he wanted to see how much I weighed. No. Yeah, really? <laughs> he did. And then when I got off, he called me. He goes, Yokozuna, Yokozuna. And Yokozuna means grand champion. <laughs> and so we, we'd, come, we'd come over and visit him. And then they would make me, they would make us food. But like, he just thought I could eat meat, meat. And I'm like sick to my stomach. And they're just feeding us over and over. And, but yeah, he, uh, he, was, he was adamant that I could become a grand champion. So. But, Based on that, did he feed you chonkonabe or was it just meat? I never had. No, it was pancakes. And it was, uh, there's nothing that beats American pancakes. I know that these wiggly Japanese pancakes have taken over the internet, but go get a diner. Go get me diner pancakes any day of the week. You're not talking okonomiyaki, right? No, 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 no. Yeah, no. Those are good. Those are good. Those are good. I never got to have chonkonabe, but I feel like I should it looks actually pretty healthy. So sumo wrestlers do is when they become a sumo wrestler, they join this community. Dojo. Yeah. A dojo. Right. And they eat twice a day and they eat chonko nabe. And it's just this big soup of boiled mushrooms and meat and vegetables and everything. And it tastes really good. Oh, you've had chonko nabe. Yes. And it is amazing to have. And you can pack on the calories eating it, even if you are only eating it twice a day. You know, I've watched sumo training and a lot, you know, to the untrained eye, it's just a couple of fat dudes pushing each other, but there's technique involved for a long time. The world champion of sumo was a, like a skinny Eastern European dude. Mm -hmm. He, He had just perfected the technique. Yeah. I'd love to go see a sumo match because Again, with, you know, a lot of things that the Japanese do, the, uh, the subtleties are magnificent. The craftsmanship is so refined that even subtle, tiny differences can have a huge impact. And if you watch sumo and watch the training, I mean, it's, it's a matter of is enough of the ball of your foot on the ground so that this guy can't knock you over. You know, mm-hmm. it's pretty impressive. With sumo. The rules are you got to knock your opponent out of the ring or make them fall off the sole of their foot. It first started out as a religious ceremony related to Shintoism, and it's just carried on since. And so, and I was reading on it, and it was saying that it has preserved a lot of Japanese culture just based on like throwing the salt to purify the mat and everything before the match. And And I've also read things too, where it dates back to teaching people the fight between good and evil. So it's got a lot of symbolism. It's pretty manly. I don't want to watch two women sumo wrestling. Don't sign me up for that. No. And sumo wrestling is manly for a couple of reasons. Number one, confrontation is manly, you know, respectful, righteous confrontation Mm -hmm. and sports sports is part of that. Right. Number two, fighting in the dirt. That's manly. That's pretty getting, getting dirty. Number three, wearing a big old diaper and putting your hair in a ponytail. Just embracing who you are. Now, I've got some honorable mentions before we get to the finals. You want to hear them? Let's hear it. 
So these are things that are manly, but they weren't manly enough to make it to the list. And one of so we've got Godzilla, the radioactive lizard that terrorized millions of Japanese people. Um, anime and manga. Now this is this is uh, controversial. Some people look at anime and manga and they go, you know, this is for children. This is for uh, weeboos. This is for unrefined, time-wasting hooligans. But I'll tell you why anime and manga get a spot on the honorable mentions, because there's nothing manlier than alone time. And if you watch anime and read manga, ain't no lady is going to want to be with you. So that's why it gets an honorable mention. Solitude. And last but not least, you know, I don't know if he's Japanese or Italian. Mario. Mario. Which one's more manly, Mario or Luigi? Luigi is the silent partner. Mario is the braggadocious one out front, right? Mario because of his belly. Mario or his, uh, well, I guess they're both plumbers. So never mind. I was going to say Mario's a plumber. (laughs) Yeah, I think Luigi's whatever. Yeah. Going back to the manga anime, I remember walking by the cone beanies, the convenience stores, Mm -hmm. all these men coming home from work would always take the time to stop in and read manga on the way home or you got to decompress, you know, you don't want to bring that home. You got to keep that outside. You know what I'm saying? It's been a, it's a rough day at the office. The home is a sacred place. You don't want to come home and upset your wife and your kids. You're the father. Your job is to provide a calm presence and environment. So, you know what, if you need to blow off some steam by reading some weird story, you know what? I'll give you a pass. That's and a manly thing. Also, you don't want your wife and kids catching your eating. All right. Going on to the next one on the list, judo. I think it's cool because you see these huge dudes flipping each other onto the mat and you get some pretty contentious matches in the Olympics, like Israel and Iran. And I mean, this sport has flooded the world and it's a huge competitive. So I was, I was doing some research on judo. Judo was announced to be an Olympic event in 1960 mm-hmm. in, in time for it to be implemented in Japan in the Tokyo 64 Olympics. And then after that, they tried to get rid of it because they felt like there was too many sports and it was met by all these protests. And now it's one of the main events that they have in the Olympics. You know, they got rid of wrestling. I'm not happy about that. Wrestling is manly, but kudos judo is should be practiced more uh it's a great thing you know i all police officers in japan have to be i'm not sure what belt they have to get but they're all proficient in judo and i think that's a good thing to do if you're going to be in law enforcement when i was living there you would have all these kids going to the dojo to practice judo and they were the kids that were beefy that you didn't want to mess with you didn't want them to flip you over onto the concrete or anything I've seen little people overpower bigger people using judo, you know, so self-defense, manly, overpowering larger opponents, even more manly. Going on to the last one, samurai. No contest, the manliest thing. Ninjas are manly, but samurai don't take a, they don't take a light to the samurai. They make medieval knights look like the island boys. You know what I'm saying? Bushido, the whole thing, the whole thing. So with samurai, let's just say with ninjas, 
samurai would, mm-hmm. they were the ones who would boss ninjas around and mm-hmm. they were the sweet ones. And when you're living there too, this, the way of the samurai, the Bushido, right? The way of the warrior is still embraced by many people in business and everything. And when I was living there, the guys that I was living with, one rule that they'd always bring up was Haru Hachibunme, eat until you're 80% full. And the reason they have that rule, the samurai, was in case they ever had to jump up and go to a fight. They never wanted to be too full. They always ate 80% so that they could always just turn around and fight if they had to. That makes sense. That's a good rule because I had not followed that rule and I haven't had to fight. I have had the thought come across my mind. If I was needed in a physical altercation right now, I wouldn't perform. Now that I'm telling this, I think the reason I kept hearing this is because they'd all probably worry about me that I wasn't eating Haru Hachibun, man. I was probably eating 110. Maybe that's fine. But samurai, samurai, they changed the world. They've Their legend have lived on uh, to this day. Um, people try to mimic them as much as they can in modern ways, as much as possible. They've they're, left their mark on Japan and they've set the course for Japan to be a manly country. Absolutely. Their armor, their weaponry, not only were they great warriors, but they were poets and they wrote novels. They were, for lack of a better term, scientists. They were diplomats. They were ma- they, they were Renaissance men uh, in Japan. Yeah. And I think that's another aspect of uh, manliness that's important to recognize is be a Swiss army knife. Just don't be a, a single blade. Make sure you've got, you're a well-rounded individual that you can be of use in many different aspects. And uh, the samurai certainly exemplified that. I agree. The way Japan got its name, Japan doesn't call themselves Japan. They call themselves Nihon. And do you know how they got that name? I don't. So there was a Chinese king that was kind of being a bully. Mm -hmm. And there was this Japanese emperor. And he sent a delegation to China. And he had them read a letter. And in the letter, it said something to the effect of, you may be the center kingdom, but the sun rises on us before it rises on you. Mm. Therefore, they got the name, the origin of the sun. Nihon means origin of the sun. That is manly too. One more quick story about Japan. Have you heard of the divine winds when the Mongols were invading Japan? Yeah, Yeah, of course. Uh, uh, what was it was it i think it was twice the mongols tried to invade and typhoons came and washed basically washed their entire army away twice exactly so the mongols and it was is a historically pivotal moment because the japanese fought off the mongols and it stopped the mongols reach mm. right because if they would have taken over japan then what would their limits have been but the story is is the mongols they got this fleet of ships and they came and they did get on shore and they fought the Japanese and these soldiers fought them off. They got back on their ships and they had a couple of scrimmages. And then the typhoon came, the first typhoon came and it like wiped out all the ships and blew them all away. And then, like you said, the second time they came and then the typhoons came, sunk all these ships and blew them all away. Mm-hmm. And that's where you get the divine winds or kamikaze talk about like a nation that has a cool history as well. You know yeah. what I mean? Like yep. you said, I think that those cultural inheritance, those stories unify a people. I admire 
the Japanese and their culture, they've impacted the world in many ways and they've been a good influence on the world as well. Yeah, one of the smallest nations with it with one of the biggest cultural, political, societal impacts of all of all time. Absolutely. Yeah, big positive influence on the world. So absolutely. Well, Andrew, thanks for joining. Thanks for having me, Miles. I look forward to uh, you know, we, I'm glad that we were able to meet and talk because we've got some great ideas, some great things to talk about about what's manly, what isn't, and how do you become more manly. Man, it's a big world out there. There's a lot of places you can go to for inspiration. Be sure to subscribe, tell your friends, and we're going to end this one by listening to a Yamaha Banshee.